hey, of all the things you got going on in your day, the fact that you would take time out of your busy day to include us in your day really does mean a lot. Welcome to The Quest. Thank you for being with us. It's so good to be together, especially if you happen to be checking us out. If you're checking us out, we just want to thank you for being with us. All right, so we're going to open up with a word of prayer. And I know that you've got stuff going on in your life that you could use God's activity. And I want to encourage you to invite God into the chaos. Listen, chaos is just a part of life sometimes. And when you're going through life and you're dealing with the chaos, we need to recognize our desperate need of God. And I just want to encourage you to reach out to Him to, as the Bible says, cast all of our cares on Him because He cares for us. This is an unloading zone only. So let's pray together. Father, we come to you and I lift up my friends to you. Father, all of us, we come to you with um, heavy hearts. We come to you with restless hearts. We come to you with distracted hearts even. And Father, we need you. We need you to come and change our hearts. We need you to fill us with your spirit. We need you to give us directives. We need, to get, we need you to give us direction in our life. And I just ask that you would help us today. Father, you know the needs that we're facing. You know the needs that we're facing individually. You know the needs that we're facing in our world today. And Father, we just invite you to come into the chaos. We invite you to come in and be glorified in all that goes on in our lives. Father, give us peace. Father, give us faith. Give us joy. Give us love for the circumstances that we find ourselves in, for the challenges that we find ourselves in. Father, we come to you today. I just lift up my friends as we listen to the talk today. Beyond my words, I ask that your spirit would speak to each of our hearts. That, Father, you would put your finger on areas of our lives that maybe we've neglected. Things that maybe we need to adjust. Things that we need to surrender to you. And so we ask that you would speak into our lives and, and that you would point those out to us. Father, I just thank you for today. May everything about this talk glorify you, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are in a great series, a series that we've entitled A New Heart for a New Year. And as we've been talking about in this series, this is the kind of time where people make resolutions where they want change in their lives. And that's always can be a great thing. But the one thing that we fail to address is we don't really address the behavior that got us to where we're at currently. I mean, yes, we might want new behavior. We might want a healthier life. Maybe we want a more productive life, more passionate life, a more spiritual life. But if we don't address what got us to the place that we're at, then we're just going to end up there again. See, we're focused on the behavior, but not what causes the behavior. And that's what this series really addresses. The scripture that we've been looking at is found in Proverbs 4.23. You know it by now. Hopefully you've memorized it. But it tells us this. It says that we're to guard our heart above all else because it determines the course of our life. Your heart is responsible for the direction of your life. You are currently where you are because of your heart's condition. And when I talk about your heart, biblically, if you haven't been with us and you don't know the definition of what scripture says the heart is, the heart refers to our inner man. And what the scripture is saying is the heart is a reference to who you really are on the inside. It's the source of your passions and your desires and your motives. So as we wrap up this series, just a couple of things that we want to remember, and you can write this one down, is this. Our problem is that we have a two-faced heart. Our heart wants corrupt 
and selfish things, and at the same time, it wants godly things. Jeremiah identifies this when he says this, the human heart is the most deceitful, it's the most untrustworthy, it is the most two-faced thing of all things, and desperately wicked, who really knows how bad it is? And if you keep reading that scripture, what you find is God says, I know how bad the heart is. And something else we want to remember is this, God wants to give us a new heart. We don't need a fixed heart, we don't need a repaired heart, we need a new heart. The desires and passions and motives of our lives need a brand new source, and God wants to give us that. See, our condition might seem helpless, but God says this in the book of Ezekiel. He says, and I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you, and I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. I mean, how great is that? That is really what we want. We, we don't want a heart that's distracted. We don't want a desire that is away from where God wants us to go. We want God's direction in our life. It's just our sinful nature always gets in the way. God says, I can give you a brand new heart, a brand new source for all your motives passions and desires. So we've been looking at this new heart and this new heart brings a new direction in our life. So today we're talking about a heart that speaks life and you'll understand as we get into the talk because our heart has a lot to do with the words that we use. And when we're talking about the condition of our heart and the need for a changed heart, sometimes our words are great indicators of the change that we need. We all find ourselves in circumstances where we use words that we don't need to use. Maybe even words we don't want to use. Maybe we use words and we think, where did that come from? Maybe you're a person that struggles with cursing, dropping a few adjectives that define people in your life that you shouldn't use. Here's the thing, if we don't deal with it, we're going to excuse it. And usually if it's a part of our life, then we've excused it for a period of time in our life. If we don't expose it to God and give it to God, then we're going to try to hide it from God. And the longer we tolerate it, the more it becomes a part of us. The bottom line is we've got to address that it's a problem in our lives, or it can be a problem in our lives. And so James talks about this, and I want to read it for you. It says this, No one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. My dear friends, with our tongues we speak both praises and curses. We praise our Lord and Father, and we curse people who were created to be like God. And this isn't right. Can clean water and dirty water flow from the same spring? Can a fig tree produce olives? Or grapevine produce figs? Does fresh water come from a well full of salt water? James is giving us a picture of this division of our tongue, the division of our words, and how inherently because of our sinful nature, we do one thing and the other thing. And he's saying that's not how we're supposed to communicate. In fact, something that you can write down that we see in the scripture is this. How we use our words matters to God. Do you realize that how you speak matters to God? There's a right way and a wrong way to use your words. And he says this, with our tongues, we speak both praises and curses, and that's not right. Something else we see from that scripture is this, we speak of God's greatness and curse his creation. Our words are inspired by two different sources. It's not just 
other Christians he's talking about. All people are created in God's image. And to be like God. In fact, in James 3.10, it says we praise our Lord and Father and we curse people who are created to be like God. And this isn't right. It can be that our words reflect the instability of our emotions. But however we look at it, it's still not acceptable. And God's pointing that out to us that it needs to be corrected. One more thing I think is important that you can write down is this. Our words reveal who we really are. It reveals the deeper issue within us. Words identify who we are. Scripture identifies our words as the fruit or the identifying marker of our life. It says that this way can clean water and dirty water both flow from the same spring. Can a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? Does fresh water come from a well full of salt water? What we're looking at is the dichotomy of our desires and our motives. The division within us drives us and it's revealed in how we speak. See, if we want a new heart for a new year, something to write down is this. We need to deal with the source of our words. If you want to get to the root cause, you have to dig deep. You have to get to the root of the issue. There was a time that Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, and if you remember the Pharisees, they're all show, no go. They had the appearance without the heart. They were godly on the outside, evil on the inside. And Jesus was dealing with who they were at the very core of their life. And he says this, he says, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Don't miss that. In fact, you can write this down. The condition of our heart defines what we say and how we say it. Your heart is the source of your words. In the conversation that we were just looking at with Jesus and the Pharisees, he goes on to say this. He says, a good person produces good words from a good heart, and an evil person produces evil words from an evil heart. See, the condition of our heart forms our words, and I would say that's why it's so important to allow God to change our hearts. It changes the structure of our conversation. It changes not just what we say, but it changes how we say what we say. See, what happens is our heart shapes our words, and then our words shape our lives. See, our heart defines and determines the direction and course of our life. It defines not just what we pursue, but the nature of what we pursue, whether it's spiritual or not spiritual. And as we've been looking at, our words reveal our passions and desires. Our words communicate who sits on the throne of our lives, whether it's me or whether it's God. I would encourage you to evaluate your words. What do your words say about your heart? What do your words say about your spirit man? Do I use words to be critical of others, to complain? Do I use my words to gossip or to lie? Just remember that your heart expresses itself through your words. So something else you can write down is this. The real problem isn't our tongue, it's our heart. See, our words give us insight into the condition of our heart and it shows us how our heart needs to change and how our heart needs to be changed. James points out this dilemma when he says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. It sounds like a hopeless cause. What are some steps that we can take to address this in our lives? 
How do I change my words? The first one is this. I, I allow God to change my heart. See, nothing changes from us until God makes changes in us. We need to be asking God to change our heart. If our heart condition defines our words, then we need a new heart and a clean heart. I don't know about you, but I know I do. In Psalms, it records two of King David's prayers. Two prayers that I think would help us address this issue of our words. And the first prayer is this, when he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, filled with clean thoughts and right desires. What a life-changing prayer that would be if we would pray that consistently in our lives. Another one is this, where he says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. In these two prayers, what David is doing is he's giving God control in his life. He's saying, I don't want God to please myself. I want my life, my words to please you. And I would say that's where change begins. Another thing we can do to change our words is this. We can put a filter on what I allow in my heart. See, at some point, we have to take responsibility for what we allow into our heart. A lot of us have no filter on what enters into our lives, whether it's through music or through media or whatever it might be. The scripture that we've been looking at tells us about this filter when it says, above all else, guard your heart. Put a filter on it. Don't allow anything in that shouldn't be there, for everything you do flows from it. On a practical level, you can say garbage in, garbage out. As I said, what we watch, what we listen to. And I'm not telling you what you should eliminate in your life. For me, I know that when I stopped watching political news, it changed how I felt. It changed the words that I used because there wasn't as much frustration in my life. And when it comes to our words, we also need to address the internal dialogue that we have. How we talk to ourselves. The thoughts that we dwell on. The self-conversation. We need to keep out the bad. And the way that we do that is to, with a filter that eliminates the bad from coming in, from taking residence in our heart. Another thing we can do to change our words is this. We can speak life-giving words to others every chance we get. See, every time we speak to others, it's an opportunity to speak life into others. Things like, I believe in you and I'm proud of you. and You couldn't imagine how much I love you. I couldn't love you more. Things like, you are amazing. I believe in you, or I knew you could do it. Little words like this go a long way. In Proverbs, it tells us this, where it says words kill and words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. See, when we allow the life of God to fill our hearts, then life begins to fill our words. See, one way we can speak life into others is by words of affection. Communicating to others how special they are to you, that you appreciate them, that you value them. We also can speak life by using words of grace. We speak words that they need, not what they deserve. We speak words of forgiveness. We speak words of affirmation. We speak words of kindness, even maybe when they have not been kind to us. Colossians says this, Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down, not cut them out. We need words of grace in our lives that build people up. We also speak life when we use words of healing, where we come alongside people and we understand, we seek to understand, we, we pray with them or we pray for them. 
We remind them that God is with them. We remind them that God is involved in their life, that God values them. We remind them that they are important in our lives and they're important in God's. We remind them that they're loved. Proverbs 15 says, kind words heal and help, cutting words wound and maim. We have to be careful with the words that we use and recognize the source of where these words come from. Because if we're not intentional with this, then we become careless. And careless words are destructive as well. It says this in Proverbs, it says that careless words stab like a sword, but the words of wise people bring healing. If we're going to speak life, it comes from a heart that has experienced life. It comes from a heart that has experienced God. It comes from a heart that's been healed, and then the words reflect that healing to others. Listen, I'm not trying to give you a bunch of rules that you have to follow. I'm just trying to help us to understand what it means to have a new heart for a new year. For whatever it is that God has planned for you, and I know that it's great, we need a new heart that takes us in a new direction. We need a heart that's been changed by God. Listen, the words that we use is, is more than what we say about others. When we speak to our words communicate a heart of faith in God, where we believe God for great things. Do our words communicate a heart of love for others? Not that we're against others, but that we love and care for others, that we're compassionate towards others. Do our words communicate a heart that is surrendered to God? Or do we communicate a heart that is rebellious towards God or a heart that is fighting God? Do our words communicate something other than God's design for our life? I think one of David's most profound and yet simplistic prayers that he gives is something that we need to address and, and pray regularly in our lives. It's found in Psalms 141. It says this, Lord, help me control my tongue. Help me to be careful about what I say. We definitely need a new heart for a new year. We need a new heart for what God wants to do in our lives and the direction he wants to take us. Listen, where God's going to take you is in a direction where he's going to use you. And how he uses you is always going to include your words. Just be aware of the importance of your words and where those words come from so that you can pursue and you can allow God to change the heart that he wants to change. Listen, it's not just you, it's all of us. And we need to constantly be asking God to change our hearts so that our words reflect Him. He wants to do it. So let's talk to Him. Listen, as we go to God, I want to encourage you, if you don't have this relationship with God, this is the time to ask God to straighten up your life, to align your life with His will, to surrender your heart and to say, God, listen, my heart has been pretty corrupt, I can tell. And I know that it's selfish and I know that it's self-centered and I need my heart to be based on you. I need my heart to be God-centered. I need you to sit on the throne of my heart. I need you to sit and you reside upon the desires and passions and motives of my life. Allow God to change those in you. He wants to. All we have to do is ask. So let's talk to God and do that together. Father, we come to you, as my friends and those that want to begin this relationship with you and need this relationship. Father, as we open our hearts, we surrender ourselves and ask that you would step in and ask that you would change what we cannot. 
the, the issue of our heart and the selfishness and the sinfulness of our heart is something we can't change. We can only ask you and allow you to change it. But Father, you promised to give us a new heart, not a fixed heart, not a better heart. You've promised to give us a new heart with new passions, new motives, new desires, desires that please you, desires that reflect you. So Father, I ask that you would help us to do that, each one. Father, that you would, those that are beginning the relationship and those that have been walking with you for many years, Father, may our hearts reflect you. Father, may our words reflect you as well. I ask that may the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing in your sight. Father, thank you for helping us and thank you for loving us. And may that love that we experience from you get communicated through us to others, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I understand this is an ongoing growing project. This is an ongoing process, I should say, for us to learn to follow God. This is an ongoing process that we are growing in. And so don't get discouraged. Listen, you're going to mess up, and we all do, but at the same time, we get back up. And the motive is that we want hearts that reflect God. We want words that are life-giving. We want to speak life into others. And I want to encourage you to begin to do that. I've always said this, when you think something nice about something, say something nice about them. When you appreciate somebody, communicate that. Speak words of healing. Speak words of life. People need it. I want to encourage you. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you guys so much for being with us. God's best to you. Bye-bye.